Hi, my name is Barry Sterling Mitchell. Today is October 25th, 2023. I produce the Sterling Net Point Power Rankings and the Bias Plus Reports, but this is Ben and Barry on football. Yes, it is. Hello out there, everybody. This is Ben Dickerson, your co-host. Let me get this sorry statement out of the way really quick. I was all proud of myself last week when I said when I did the pick section that I came out 10 wins and five losses. This past week, I had five wins and eight losses. I am embarrassed. I am looking to redeem myself later in the program. Well, Benny, I wouldn't sweat that too much um, because I understand what happened, and you'll see it a little bit more when I do the Bias Plus reports. Let's start by just quickly talking about last week's intriguing game of the week. It was one of those uh, posts where actually I got a few people that was that was commenting. I, I, I tapped into the, the boxing group there. <laughs> yeah, I, I gave you a little. You gave you a little something-something on that, you know. Um, but it was such an interesting uh, – uh, matchup and it was I can't say it was unexpected I think I hinted toward it like numerous times and you know and, and that that there was a, a an issue here and I brought it up in terms of the skew I mentioned that you know that the uh that the dolphins had a skew going on and that the Eagles O-line and D-line were both rated in the top three. Yes, you did say that. And um, when, you, you know, when you looked at that game, it was like, oh, man, you, you, the, the, the track, the, the track meet versus the football team or the, the hair versus the, the tortoise versus the hair. But I mean, it, it was obvious. And then the one thing I missed, how did I not mention AJ? <laughs> that was the one, that AJ, AJ Brown, how do I not mention him? He's probably the one name that I wish I had mentioned because, you know, I talked a little bit about the speed of, of uh, Miami, but his combination of speed and power is somewhat unique as a receiver, you know? What do you think? Oh, I agree. A.J. Brown is a phenomenal athlete and uh, obviously a top flight wide receiver in the NFL. Um, I mean, not mentioning him in your in your blog is not anything to – this game was a toss-up going in. And I know that you mentioned the superiority of the line play on offense and defense that, that the Eagles held. But coming into that game, let's face it, a lot of people thought the Dolphins were going to just run circles around, especially with the fact that the Eagles, one weakness, if you want to call it a weakness, I do, some people don't, but I do, would have been their secondary. Um, you know, when we get to the uh, to the pick section, we start talking about the bias plus reports. 
and I talk about the Eagles and the Dolphins and what happened in the in the game, and I talk about each team individually, I will mention some things that probably could not have been foreseen before the game started. So you, your blogs are pretty neutral. You don't really, you know what I mean? Like you throw hints and and you'll you'll throw some information out there that could make a person think, yeah, that's true. That might put the the that might give them the the advantage, or yeah, that's true. They could possibly have the advantage, but you don't usually tip the scales as to who you think is going to win the game, which is cool. It's very yes. information based. It's very, it's very. It gives people probably more knowledge than they had on their own going into the game. It gives them something to think about. That's what I'm. That's kind of my goal because let's face it. Yeah, it's the extra the power stuff. rankings already says who's favored. That's already right. Favorite, exactly. You know exactly. Um, but I generally like to pick games where I think it could go either way. <laughs> you know. Yes. And uh, sometimes I'm surprised, but very rarely because uh, there's just so many variables going on there that uh, you know you gotta. When you, when you start looking at them all, you go, gee, Christmas, oh, you know, what's going on here? So, all right, well, look, let's get ready to kick it off with the Sterling Net Point Power Rankings, Benny. The Sterling Net Point Power Rankings, this will be through week seven. Okay, Benny, so let's look at the Sterling Net Point Power Rankings. We're talking about the NFL through week seven of the 2023-24 season. And let's kick this off here. Um, you'll notice that I have the top half and I'll have the bottom half, but we have all four categories. ANP, average net points, APF, average points for, APA, average points against, and ATLD average turnover differential. So again, net points is the win margin on average for these teams. So starting out one through five, we have San Francisco still in first place at average net points of 13.1. Buffalo in second place, average net points of 11.4. Baltimore is third place, average net points of 10.6. Kansas City is the fourth average net points of 10.4. And Dallas rounds out the top five, the average net point of, uh, and again, these are plus numbers, plus nine. Um, with net points as well as turnover differential, you can have, or you will have both plus and minus. So there's your top five, Benny. Um, my numbers took a small, they took a loss with the differential in terms of the amount of the difference was was small. And, you know, it's funny because I thought, I'm looking at, there was such a big uh, um, bias going against uh, uh, Minnesota that I thought if Minnesota won, that they would be the um, bias plus buster of the week. But they were not. Really? They were not? They were not, no. Oh, my. Yeah. So that's your top five. Let's round out your top 10. There you got six with Miami at plus 7.6, followed by Philadelphia at plus 6.4. If this all seems weird, this is the theme of the show, Dave. I'm going to say it now. 
the whole yeah, place so did. The theme is Halloween. It was a horror show last week. <laughs> a horror show. What, what did you say your 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 percentage win was last week when your picks? Oh my God, I was five and eight. You was five and eight, Benny. The net bad. the bias was three. Oh, <laughs> oh, three. That's I don't remember it ever being that bad. Oh, um, maybe once or twice in the last five years, but yeah. Oh my goodness. Three. People were winning that you just never expected them to win. <laughs> and it was yeah. right. You'll a couple of them were surprises, some bigger than others. Yeah, I know, I know. So um so there you go. You got your top ten uh, rounding out. Yeah, Philly, Seattle at eight, Jacksonville at nine, Delaware plus four point three, Jacksonville plus three point nine. You've got your rest of your top half, Houston, Detroit, Cleveland, Rams, Saints, Minnesota. Starts the negative number, which is kind of weird considering that they were in. But they actually kind of moved up the negative, uh, moved up the ladder a little bit to less negative. And then Tampa Bay, rounding out the top half at negative 0.2. So long story short, uh, average net points from 1 to 16, Niners, Buffalo, Baltimore. That Baltimore looks really scary, Benny. I'm talking really, when we talk about that. I, I mentioned a few things. Let's look at the scoring. So everybody said Miami can score, and absolutely they can, and they're showing first place with uh, 34.3 points per game on average. Niners coming in right behind them at 28.7, followed by Buffalo at 28.3. The funny thing about Buffalo, Benny, is that I'm listening to shows like Speak. And they're all trying to figure out what's wrong with Buffalo. And I keep saying, why y'all keep asking what's wrong with Buffalo? Buffalo's doing pretty good. <laughs> Actually. But my, but we have we've been having this what's wrong with Buffalo conversation for the last three seasons, which is why at the beginning of this season, I told you I was done with. It. Remember that? Yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. All right. I'm tired of that conversation. <laughs> Despite that conversation, they're third in scoring. Um, Philly's coming in fourth at 26.6. I think they moved up a little bit. Dallas at 25.7 wraps the top five in scoring in the NFL. Now, notice out of that top five, who's missing? Number six, Kansas City. The Colts, I'm surprised the Colts are seven. I'm just a little surprised at that. Uh, Detroit at 24.9. Jacksonville, 24.7 is 9, and 10 is the, um, the, ah, excuse me, the Ravens at 24.4. So that's your top 10. Miami, San Fran, Buffalo, Philly, Dallas, Kansas City, Indianapolis, Detroit, Jacksonville, and Baltimore. So those are your top 10. You want to say anything about them? Uh, no, I, everybody's putting up points. Uh... Kansas City's kind of hanging in there. Uh, we talked about their issues with their receiver core, but uh, I'll talk about that later when we get to the Bias Plus reports and in reference to Kansas City and their receiver core. Um, the Colts put up a strong 38 and losing effort this past weekend. Uh, Philadelphia Buffalo, Niners, and Dolphins are all where they are supposed to be. Mm, Detroit and Jacksonville, I will say, are also on the come up. Again, if we talked about the little green arrow and the little red arrow, um, 
I got to give green arrows to the Jaguars and the Lions and the Ravens and red arrows to the Chargers, the Bears. How dare they even be in the top 16? Uh, that's crazy, isn't it? But anyway, forget the arrows. Let's keep going. Well, you know, yeah, I mean, Chargers are are one of those question marks. Now, if you're going to say what's wrong with this team, uh, you'd have to – I know exactly what's wrong with that team. Well, we both do because it's in the next column. That's <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> absolutely in the next column. Yep. Average points against, let's look at one through 16. Baltimore coming in number one, Benny. Love it. Oh, my goodness. Look who's number two, Kansas City. Love it. I mean, why are you getting your offense kind of together? You know, you're allowing 15, but you're putting up 25.4. Ergo, you know, a 10-point uh, net points average. And that's what we're talking about, lately. That's where you can see what's going on. And we like to talk about the teams that are kind of in the same section. So, again, 32 teams divided by uh, four will be eight per um, squad. So we look at the top eight. And we look at them in groups of eight. Let's put it that way. Number four, Dallas. Oh, I'm sorry, my Niners. My beloved Niners, 15.6 coming in third. Fell down a little bit. Dallas at 16.7. Buffalo at 16.9. And again, Buffalo giving up 16, under 17 points, but scoring 28. You know, most teams would love to have that problem, <laughs> you know. Tampa Bay, New Orleans, Houston, 17, 18.1, and 18.8. Rounding out the top 10, Atlanta scoring 19 points a game. Oh, well, I'm sorry, giving up 19 points per game. And Cleveland giving up 19.2. Cleveland was in, like, first place a week or two ago, weren't they? Yeah, they were. They've they've given up. Uh, they shown a few little chinks in their armor. Okay, okay, and they won though, right? Did they win? Yes, they did. So, yeah, that's kind of counterintuitive. You fall down the uh, rankings in defense, but you win. It happens though. Tennessee nineteen point five, Seattle nineteen point seven, Jets nineteen point eight. The only team I had any family that paid for it. played for. L.A. Rams, 20.1 tied with Philadelphia, giving up 20.1 points per game, and Jacksonville going up 20.9. Okie dokie. Now, average turnover differential, numero uno, Tampa Bay Buccaneers at plus 1.2, Benny. That's a little surprising to me. I didn't think that they was taking that. Yeah. Opportunistic defense and Baker's being careful with the ball. Okay. Well, speaking of being careful with the ball, our man uh, um, in Houston is being very careful with the ball. He's got one turnover, our quarterback there. Dallas and Pittsburgh also have uh, plus one in the average turnover differential. We're talking about right. Stroud and Houston. CJ just had his first interception last week, right? Right, right, exactly. Yeah, right. Um, Jacksonville and San Fran are tied at 0 0.9 on the plus side. Jets, Chargers, and Cincinnati tied at 0 0.8 on the plus side. That rounds down to ninth place. In 10th place, you have Arizona tied with Buffalo and New Orleans at 0 0.4. These are all plus numbers. 
13 and 14, you have Detroit and Seattle at 0.3 and 0.2. Kansas City breaking even in the turnover differential game at zero. And Baltimore coming in just under at minus 0.1. So those is the top, those are the top half of the teams in the specific categories of net points, points for, points against, and turnover differential, which is the, the beginning stats that we like to look at. Again, dealing with points, not with a yardage and things of that nature. Yards and them play a part of it, but points is what wins the game. Anything else you want on the top half, Benny? Uh, just um, I was I was kind of perusing the average points against list, and I, I've been keeping track of the Detroit defense, who was sitting at number nine last week, and who is not in the top sixteen at all this week. Oh my! Talking about jeez and crackers, and I have to mention that because that was the team's defense that I chose to track. In my mind, though, there's two others that I was tracking. Baltimore has been steadily climbing, and Kansas City. If we go all the way back to last year, somewhere around game ten or eleven. I said something about the Kansas City defense, and obviously, you know, it would take some going back to look at the videos and all that stuff and look at the rankings. But I remember Kansas City was winning. Their offense was looking tremendous. But their defense was eh, and they were giving up points, but their offense was so good they were just outscoring people. And I said, they're not as bad as they seem. They're just really young. If they keep this defense together, it will begin to gel. And it gelled them into the Super Bowl. And it's continued to gel during this season. And they also have steadily climbed the ranks. And that young secondary is looking real, real good right now, sitting at number two in average points against. You mentioned Kansas City last year a number of times. <laughs> yes. I remember I do remember that. But we like to see the teams that, you know, they're all residing in that top, you know, eight as, as prime Super Bowl candidates, you know. Now, of course, you could have somebody rising up from below that. Doesn't happen a lot, though. You know, those teams that dominate through the year, that's those top eight spots, somebody in that group tends to wind up in the Super Bowl. So uh, keep an eye on that all right, Benny, let's take a look at the bottom half of the Sterling Net Point Power Rankings for all four categories. We're going to focus in on the average net point category first, running from Green Bay down to your New York football giants, all in the negative. Green Bay, the Jets, the Chargers, the, the Colts, and Tennessee take you through 17 through 21 at zero, minus 0 0.3, minus 1, minus 1. Excuse me, minus 1.9. Minus 1.8, excuse me, for the Chargers. Minus 1.9 for Indianapolis and, and Tennessee is, excuse me, minus 2.2. Drink that coffee. 
Atlanta, minus 2.6, is 22nd. 23rd place is Pittsburgh at minus 4. Now, Pittsburgh is one of those teams that I'm starting to wonder how long they're going to be down in that area. Chicago, minus 4.3. Cincy, minus 4.5. That's another team I don't expect to be down there long. Vegas, minus 7. Washington, minus 7.1. Arizona, minus 7.9. Denver, minus 9.9. Denver's got a skew going against it from that beatdown that they took, 50-point loss, so that their numbers are going to be skewed. The Patriots, minus 10.9, Carolina, minus 12.3, and the Giants, minus 12.7. And points four, that's your scoring. Green Bay takes the uh, 17th spot, and it runs down Minnesota, Denver, Washington, the Saints, the Jets, Carolina, Arizona, Tennessee, Tampa Bay, Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, Atlanta, Vegas, New England, and your Giants, ranging from 21.7 down to 12.1 points per game. So that generally that's not going to get it done unless you got a really good defense. You're running between 21 and 12 points per game. Speaking of the defenses, Cincinnati's coming in at 17th place, tied with Pittsburgh at 21.2 points per game for 17th and 18th. Detroit, Minnesota, and Green Bay running from 21.6 to 22. That's 22nd place. Green Bay, I'm sorry, is 21st place. Vegas is 22nd place, giving up 23 points per game. Your Giants are in 23rd place, giving up 24.9 points per game. Followed by the Chargers, excuse me, by the um, Patriots, then the Chargers, then the Cardinals. Miami, giving up 27 points, uh, at 27th ranking, giving up 26.7 points per game. Chicago, 26.9, Washington, 27, Indianapolis, 27.3. Denver and Carolina tied for the last place, allowing 31 points on average per game. So we, Carolina and Denver, again, Denver is the exact opposite of where it was last year, where their defense was in the top five to 10 constantly, and their offense was at the bottom. And right now their offense is at least in 19th place, you know. They're scoring <laughs> 21.1, but they're giving up 39. So craziness, craziness. Turnover differential, all in the negative. Uh, Washington at 17th place, 0.1. You have the Rams, Philly, Indianapolis, Tennessee, and Green Bay, all at minus 0.3. That takes you through 22nd place. Chicago, Miami tied at negative 0.4. Carolina, negative 0.5. Denver and Giants tied at minus 0.6. Minnesota, minus 0.7. Cleveland, New England, and Atlanta all tied at minus one. And bringing up the 32nd spot, Las Vegas at minus 1.4. <sighs> so there you go, Benny. Wrap this up for us. Bottom half. <laughs> bottom half bottom so half. when I look at Green Bay and where they're sitting in the average net points and the average points for I would have felt a lot better about where they are now last week 
as opposed to how I feel about it now after seeing what they did this past weekend. Yeah, man. Did or didn't do, whichever way you want to look at it. Um, some of these other teams, like Minnesota and the Jets and Tampa and Cincinnati, they, 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 because they're low in average points for doesn't necessarily mean that we won't see them emerge somewhere into the top 16 or close to it as the season progresses. We're not quite at the midway point. So, again, specifically Cincinnati, and I'll say specifically Pittsburgh since you mentioned them, uh, I expect Cincinnati to come off this by like gangbusters. I really do. I think they're about to make a run. Pittsburgh, on the other hand, I feel is still kind of up and down and real iffy. So they could go either way. Uh, Detroit, I believe if they tighten up their defense just a little bit, they had a bad game this past weekend, really bad. But if they can tighten up their defense just a bit, they'll be right back up in the top 16. Uh, some of these other teams just don't just don't have a chance. My Giants, although their defense is probably better than their offense, you know, if your offense is bad, that means you're not staying on the field very long, which means the other team's offense is on the field very long, which means that your defense is on the field a lot. That's going to drag them down, um, you know. That's just kind of how football goes. But, yeah, that's where we're at here with the spot of the half. I think I was with you pretty much, except for um, Tampa Bay. I you think, like Tampa Bay? I think Tampa Bay is about where Baker Mayfield is going to put them. Oh, okay. <laughs> and, and, you know, I watched the game, and I thought about you. And I thought about the little argument that we had in reference to Baker Mayfield. And during the game, I heard one of the commentators mention Kyle Trask. Did they really? Yes. So Baker had best get things going. (laughs) (laughs) Because Kyle Trask is about two inches off of his butt. Oh, my God. Mm. Okay. All right. All right. Well, that wraps up the Stilling Net Point Power Rankings through Week 7 for the NFL. Ladies and germs, we will move forward to the Bias Plus reports and the matchups for Week 8. All right, Benny, so let's do the Bias Plus report. Let's look at these matchups, man. Now, first thing we got to look at it's Thursday night football. Oh, man. I got a frosty in the freezer just waiting for this game. <laughs> <laughs> Buccaneers at Bills. Bias plus 8.4. Score favors the Bills, Benny. 8.4? That's not big. That's not big, but, you know, it's... Well, big. yeah, I, I... 
And let me mention again, because you mentioned it, the reason we have this theme of Halloween is because last week, Halloween came early. And it was trick or treat. And it was <laughs> the weirdest of weirds. People winning that you didn't expect to win. I'm going to let you go ahead and run in. But that's why we have this theme. Yeah, there was a lot of tricks. And a few teams did get treated. But uh, Thursday night, we got the Buccaneers at the Buffalo Bills. Both teams are coming off losses to division rivals. The Bucs, in a mistake-filled battle against the Falcons, they lost 16-13. And the Bills, in what I consider an embarrassing loss to the New England Patriots, 29-25. Now, let's let's talk about the Bills. Josh Allen drove the Bills to the red zone four times in their game against the Patriots, but only found the end zone twice, none in the first half. So they got off to a really slow start, which is not good for any team, but uh, very uh, unbecoming of a team like the Buffalo Bills. Josh Allen also turned the ball over twice. Defensively, I got to be honest. They look like the Patriots just wanted it more. I, I, I don't know what to say about the Bills' defense. They, they, they pretty much were like on their heels the entire game. Patriots' offense really came at them. As far as the Bucs are concerned, Baker Mayfield completed a pass to Mike Evans for a 40-yard touchdown. In the first quarter of the game with Atlanta, uh, after that, the Bucks rushing attack, which has struggled all season, and uh, that reared his ugly head again. Not to mention the team was penalized nine times for a total of 66 yards. Several of the penalties were pre-snap penalties on offense. The only other scoring was two field goals. The defense wasn't great but they did recover three fumbles. But every time they turned the ball back over to the offense, they shot, shot themselves in the foot. That being said, I can't see the Buccaneers with all the mistakes that they're making. Uh, it's going to be tough for them to clean all that up in one week. And the Bills, like I said, lost embarrassingly to the Patriots. They will be at home. I expect them to win this game. Uh, I'm going to take the Bills. The Texans at the Panthers, bias plus score of 22 favors the Texans. You've got your number one versus your number two draft picks here. <clears throat> well, actually, you don't. Bryce Young, is he still out? I'm not sure if he's uh, he's back on the field yet. I'll tell you the truth. I, I, I'm not sure. I think he's still out. But uh, this is an easy one, and we can move on. Both teams are coming off the bye. I simply believe that the Texans are better. Not only is CJ better than Bryce, but the Texans team is better than the Panthers. So I'm going to take the Texans and we can move on. All right. Going with the bias, going with the Texans. Moving on to Rams at Cowboys. Bias plus go 12.2 favors the Cowboys. And, you know, Benny, I, I would choose this as my intriguing game of the week. But there's only one reason that I really wanted to choose it. 
you know what I want to say, right? Holy Puka Nakua. So you can say something about Puka Nakua. <laughs> Man. But you know what? You can say something about Puka Nakua every week because he does something every week. Every Benny, he was in the running for angry runs on Good Morning Football. <laughs> We're like, Puka, go ahead. <laughs> this dude is making quite an impact. Oh, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. So, Rams at Cowboys. Bias Plus favors the Cowboys. Who you got? So the Rams got to go to Dallas. Hmm. Uh, that's not exactly West Coast, East Coast, but excuse me. Uh, I don't know. Cowboys are coming off the bye, I think, aren't they? Yeah, Cowboys are coming off the bye. So they'll be rested. They'll be prepared. Matt Stafford threw for 231 and one touchdown. That went to 2-2 two -two at, at well. 2-2 two -two at well, I'm sorry. Uh, right before halftime in their loss to Pittsburgh Steelers. Puka Nakua had another nice day. Eight receptions, 454 yards. They tried to stay consistent on the ground. Uh, Kyron Williams, who's the, been the, the starting running back, is still hurt. So they brought Daryl Henderson up from the, uh, from the practice squad. And I think they grabbed Royce Freeman up off his couch or something. But uh, after halftime, the offense just basically went into the tank. Rams had nothing. They didn't score any points on their final three drives. They couldn't even complete. I can't believe I'm talking about Matt Stafford. They couldn't even complete a pass in the fourth quarter. And they missed two long field goals in the fourth quarter. I'm going to go with the Cowboys. Couldn't complete a pass, eh? Couldn't complete a pass in the fourth quarter. That's crazy. That's crazy. All right, going with the boys. Vikings at Panthers. We have a division matchup. Packers. Packers. Favorites. Did I say Packers? You said Panthers. I say Panthers. Packers. Yes. Green Bay. Cheeseheads. <laughs> oh, man, coming off of that big win for the Vikings. And I can't believe the Packers are still holding the bias. Well, you know, uh, the, the the win might be in terms of the, you know, the, the magnitude to the players, but in terms of the point differential wasn't a big win. So, you know, uh, and again, it's Halloween time, man. Weird things are happening. Yeah, this might be the last time we see the Packers have a bias, I'll tell you the truth. <laughs> Another slow start for the Packers resulted in no points being scored in the first half of their game in Denver. In Denver! Jordan Love did finally connect with Romeo Dobbs in the third quarter, which pulled the pack within 16-10. So they were losing in Denver to Denver. Yet somehow they hold the bias in this game. Unbelievable. Then they scored again in the fourth quarter on a pass to Dobbs that went off his hands and was caught by Jaden Reed, rookie receiver. Lucky, but they got it. That gave the Packers a mid-fourth quarter lead of 17-16. Denver kicker Will Lutz kicked a 52-yarder with 3.50 left to take the lead back for the Broncos. And Green Bay's last-ditch efforts ended with a Jordan Love interception. 
Now, let's talk about them Vikings. Sunday night football. I think that's a prime time game, isn't it? Prime time football games are supposedly where Kirk Cousins and the Minnesota Vikings go to die. Ah, not so, my friend. Let's not speak too quickly. Specifically, Kirk Cousins, who has been called a choker in every which way. Some nice ways, some not so nice. But this past Sunday night, Kirk Cousins played well, as he usually does, like I keep telling everybody, and especially well considering he was up against the highly ranked 49ers defense. Cousins sliced and diced the Niners secondary going 35 of 45 for 378 yards. He almost put 48, 400 yards up on y'all. Two touchdowns. He did throw one interception on a pass that was intended for rookie wide receiver uh, Jordan Andrews Addison, who is now the wide receiver one since Justin Jefferson's injured. But Jordan Addison has stepped up. He delivered seven grabs for 123 yards. Both touchdowns uh, from Cousins were caught by Jordan Addison. Uh, the Minnesota run game wasn't anything real special, but it didn't have to be because Cousins was throwing dimes all night long. Um, oh, yeah. And the team leading the league in giveaways had none in this game. But they did record three takeaways. Bang! Take the Vikings. Going with the Vikings, going against the bias. You know, it's interesting, Ben. I actually think that I don't think I've seen Kirk Cousins have a better game. Um, he made some passes out of uh, a collapsing line that were absolutely amazing um, that he actually got those things off. It was one near the end where he just had so many people around. Somehow he got that ball out. And he has those days. There's no doubt about it, you know. I thought about you. I said, maybe I should send Ben. I, instead of the, the gift I was going to give him for his birthday, send Ben one of those, you like that T-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> but he had a great game. Um, no sacks for my Niners. No sacks for my Niners. How does that happen? No, no sacks and three turnovers. And and you said that you, you kind of poo-pooed the Vikings run game. I think the Vikings had a very effective run game. They were well, running lanes, and they were running enough to make Kirk Cousins' play actions effective. And, uh, you know, he only – that one one um, ball he threw that was a, kind of a uh, – Atwell took it from Tavares Ward and, and took it in for a touchdown. That could have went either way. Mm -hmm. um, but that was a great, a great play for, for Minnesota – and one of the things I thought about is, is, as far as my defense was concerned, because these guys was running wide open. It wasn't like he had to make a lot of close passes. These guys was open. And I wonder, and, and you tell me as a coach, when you have a situation like where Jefferson is not there, okay, and he's been their number one receiver, he's, a, he's known as a superstar, he's a definite threat, 
And whatever team goes in when he's on the field, you have to account for him, right? Right. Then he's gone. Now he's not there. And I'm wondering if it threw the team off. It's like they didn't know who to account for. They didn't know how to just play the field. It kind of, I think it might have thrown them off a little bit. What do you think? I think if that happens, then shame on Kyle Shanahan That's, and their defensive coordinator. That should never happen. Okay. Jordan Addison is a stud. He played at USC. He caught passes last year from Caleb Williams, who will probably be the number one quarterback in the draft this year. Okay. He was a number one pick, a first round pick for the Vikings. He is filling in more than adequately. He did a great job. He did a great job. I mean, in the battle, it should have been ready. Curtis Ward going back and forth was something that, though, I think when they go back and look at the season, they'll definitely have to talk about that. And uh, my defensive, again, I'm a Niner fan. My defense coordinator has been catching some flat, man, for throwing. He's throwing um, uh, blitzes when obviously we're not able to cover like we need to be able to. And it really put us in some bad situations. So we'll see how that all works as it comes up. But you're going with the Vikings, going against the bias. It's only a small bias of 1.4 anyway. So kind of makes sense. Saints at Colts. Bias plus score 5.6 favors the Saints. Ah, the Saints. Hmm. And the Colts have uh they have their running back now. He's back in. He's he's on back on the uh yeah, Jonathan Taylor's back. You know, he's ready to rock and roll. All right, what you got? Well, the Saints lost last weekend to uh Jacksonville 31-24. They continue to start games very slowly. It's been spoken uh, uh about uh by Derek Carr and by the head coach and by um uh, uh Kamara. They've all had post-game interviews where they mentioned how they get off to slow starts. And uh, even though the Jaguars coughed up two fumbles to them in the first half, they still couldn't get a whole heck of a lot done. Um, the Saints did actually, this is crazy, they outgained the Jaguars in total yards, 407 to 330 but they failed to finish their drives with touchdowns. They ended up kicking a bunch of field goals. Derek Carr connected with Mike Thomas for one score. Taysom Hill scored on the ground. But even Alvin Kamara, who had an awesome game with 153 total yards, um, did most of their drives just stalled in the red zone. And the kicker, Blake Groupie, had to attempt four field goals, and he made three of them. So uh, there, there's definitely an issue, a red zone issue, for the New Orleans Saints. Derek Carr and the coach and the offensive coordinator are going to have to figure that out. I don't know what the heck to say about that. Um, let me see. Ah, three weeks ago, when the Colts' starting quarterback, Anthony Richardson, went down with a shoulder injury, I told everybody out there that's listening, that I heard talk on TV about Gardner Minshew possibly being the best backup quarterback in the league. I didn't say it. It was being said. 
Then week six versus Jacksonville, he threw three interceptions and he lost a fumble and a loss to the Jags. Come week seven, the Colts hosted Cleveland and Minshew threw one interception and lost three fumbles. Do the math. Holy Kirk Cousins. That's eight turnovers in two games by one player. Crazy. Now, crazy as that was, he also threw for two scores, and he ran for two scores, and he had the Colts in position to win this game with a final drive. But three of his turnovers ended up being scores for the Browns over the course of the game. And his last turnover ended up sealing the win for the Cleveland Browns as the Colts went down 39 to 38. I believe that the Colts will go back home, wait for New Orleans to come to town, and bounce back big and win that game. I'm taking the Colts. I'm stunned. Take your thoughts, eh? Why are you stunned? After talking all that stuff about Gardner Minshew and the, the turnover machine? He scored four touchdowns, too. He is a turnover machine. Absolutely. Four touchdowns in one game? Yes. So he threw two touchdown passes. What was like tied uh, eight touchdowns, eight, eight turnovers in those two games? No, no, no. He had eight turnovers in two games. He had four touchdowns in one game. What about the other game? Well, I, bro. I'm just wondering, I'm just wondering did, he, did he have more turnovers and touchdowns? That's all I was trying to figure out. Oh, in the previous game, I would say yes. Yeah. Okay. But remember, he scored four touchdowns against the Cleveland Browns, team that was close to the top in points against. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. Well, you know, we, we how I feel about having a good backup, and you know, so I was when I saw him as a backup for them, I thought that that wasn't a bad idea. You know, he's a former starter, so you know, it's not a bad idea. Oh, he just I, can't turn the ball over. Yeah, yeah. There you go. All right, Saints and Colts. Ben's going against the bias. Going with the Colts over the Saints. Patriots at Dolphins. Let's go down south, you guys, within the NFC, excuse me, AFC East in division by a score of 20.9. However, favors the Dolphins. Patriots yeah. feeling good about themselves, man. They feeling good. Who, the Patriots? Yeah. <laughs> old quarterback, old Mac Jones. Uh, he, If you look at the numbers, he actually outplayed Josh Allen. And he led his team to a 29-25 victory over Buffalo. And he gave head coach Bill Belichick his 300th career win. Jones racked up 272 yards and two touchdowns, completing 25 of 30 passes, extremely efficient, no turnovers, and with a minute 58 left in the fourth quarter, led a 75-yard drive for the winning score 
with a pass to tight end, Mike Gesicki. Well done, Patriots. Well done, Mac Jones, a guy that's been getting beat up by commentators on TV and people on uh, the radio and everything else. So well done by Mac Jones. Now, I heard people calling the Dolphins pretenders because they only played one team with a winning record, and that one team, which was the Bills, actually beat them. I also heard people calling them the new greatest show on turf. Remember the old uh, St. Louis Rams? They called the greatest show on turf. I've been hearing the Dolphins called that, too. Was that personally, the St. Louis Rams or the L.A. Rams? No, that was the St. Louis Rams. Okay. Mike Mart, Mike Martz. Okay. You remember them? I, I, I'm just, you know, Rams, Rams. I'm just. No, that was the, that was the St. Louis Rams. Trust me. Was that with Vermeil? Yep. Okay. All right. Okay. Yep. Now, personally, I questioned their defense, the Dolphins defense, <laughs> but I only questioned if the Eagles secondary could stand up to the Dolphins multiple weapons on offense. So the Dolphins' defense didn't really show me anything great, but I knew the Eagles had some challenges in their secondary, and I thought maybe the Dolphins' offensive track team could take advantage of that. However, Jalen Waddle missed a chunk of the game with an injury, which seemed to kind of mess up Miami's passing game synergy. So they were able to get the ball to Tyreek Hill. Maybe they would have gotten it to him more. Maybe they would have had better synergy, since I use that word, if Waddle was there, but he was missing for most for a lot of the teeth, a lot of the game. And that seemed to kind of throw them off a little bit as far as their passing game was concerned. The Eagles D-line took care of Miami's offensive line up front and basically shut down their run game. So you could forget about Mostert. You forget forget about all that speed coming out of the backfield. That messed their offense up, too. Uh, all of that resulted in the league's number one offense only mustering 244 total yards and 19 points. So the Dolphins really matched up against a team that was a little too tough for them. They did have some issues with injuries. They did have some issues. I think their offensive line got exposed a little bit. Um, but I think they'll still have enough to beat the Patriots. So I'm going to take the Dolphins at home. Yeah, you know, it's funny. They they couldn't even run off of the edges because of what's his name? Um, yeah, they tried inside and outside. Yeah, this guy from this is it Temple. Uh, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he, he, he emerged all of a sudden. You start seeing his name. Uh, pop up. So yeah, they, they Riddick. 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 couldn't get it going, man. Could not yeah. get it going. All right. Going with the bias. It's a big one, 20.9. Going with the Dolphins. Jets at Giants. Excuse me. Giants at Jets doesn't make a difference because they both use the same field. But then <laughs> bias plus go 17.3. Favors the J E T S Jets, 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 Benny. Uh, quarterback Tyrod Taylor almost pulled off 
the win against the Bills back in week six. Personally, I think they got kind of gypped. Thought there was some pass interference there at the end of the game, but didn't get called. He did engineer the win against the Commanders last weekend. It was 14-7. There probably won't be a quarterback controversy in New York, but maybe there should be one. Tyrod was 18 of 29 for 279 yards and two touchdowns. He had no turnovers. The G-men did fumble the ball twice. Uh, Saquon had a fumble, and Sterling Shepard dropped a punt um, that led to a commander's score. But the Giants' defense did a nice job recording six sacks, four turnovers for um, – sorry, four tackles for loss, six passes defensed, and they hit Sam Howell 12 times. The Jets are coming off a bye. They'll be rested. They'll be ready. But I think Tyrod Taylor has a lot of experience that he's put together with the Giants coaching staff. He's got the team really believing. I am going to take my Giants to beat the Jeffs. Jets. That's the Jeffs, Ben. J-E-F-F-S, the Jeffs. Yeah, I'm calling them the Jeffs, yeah. <laughs> Jeffs. <laughs> okay. Going with your G-men. All yeah, right. Too much whiskey. Jaguars at Steelers. Bias plus score 7.5 favors the Jaguars. And ding, 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 we have my top favorite so far for potential intriguing game of the week. You like the Steelers, don't you? That I, That's what it is. You find the Steelers intriguing. That's that's I what I'm starting to think. Was that all for an intriguing game this week? This week, I don't think so. Jaguars have to buy seven point five favors to Jags, Benny, and I think this could be the intriguing game of the week. Okay, all right. You got a good steal of defense. They're hot. You got a good Jaguar offense. They're hot. Let's see who's hottest right now. Steelers need to get back in this thing for sure, and the Jaguars can't really afford to start losing. So I think the pressure's on here. What do you think? Well, Jacksonville played and won a very tough game against the New Orleans Saints. It was 31-24. But I'll tell you, I, the most what I saw from that game was pretty plain and simple. They're just better than the Saints. The Saints put up good numbers. The Jags were just more efficient. Trevor Lawrence, the unquestioned leader of this team, completed 20 of 29 passes for 204 yards and a touchdown. He also ran eight times, sometimes with a gimpy knee, for an additional 59 yards. Travis Etienne, a really stellar running back, uh, also coming off of an injury from last year. Uh, ran for 53 yards. He scored two touchdowns on the ground. The defense only sacked Derek Carr one time, but they defensed nine passes and they hit him seven times. So that means to me that their secondary is picking up the pace and they're cooking pretty well right now. Now, uh, let's talk about the Steelers. Down 17 to 10 going into the fourth quarter against the Rams. Kenny Pickett was able to drive the Steelers to two rushing touchdowns. So he moved them downfield. They were able to score on the ground. 
Uh, one touchdown was Jalen Warren, who's the backup running back or the number two to number one running back, Najee Harris, who also scored a touchdown. A questionable first down on a quarterback sneak allowed them to take knees and run out the clock because the Rams had no timeouts. Did you see that play? So near the end of the game, I believe it was just beyond the two-minute warning. They needed a first down. I think they needed a yard. They had a quarterback sneak. I can't remember if it was a tush push or not. I think it was. It looked like they didn't make it. It really looked like clearly they didn't make it. But when they brought the sticks out and measured, they gave the Steelers the first down. At that point, the Rams had no more timeouts. Pickett took knees. They ran the clock out and won the game. That's how that game ended. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I It, it was kind of weird. It really was weird. It looked like when they ran the play, I'm like, nope, he didn't make it. Yeah. I, there wasn't even a question. But when they brought the sticks out, I was like, what the heck? And they couldn't even they ask for the review. Just kicked the ball a little bit. Just no, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. I, I, bro, I don't know what the heck happened. And the the the, the bad thing for the Rams was they didn't have any more timeouts, so they couldn't out. even ask for a review. Right, right. Like you can't ask for a review if you don't have timeouts, because if you lose a review, you lose a timeout. So if you don't have any, you don't get the review. So, but uh, bottom line is, I think. I like the Jaguars. I really do. I think they're playing really well. Back-to-back wins over in London. Come back over here, win again. Um, I think they're going to go into Pittsburgh, and they're going to do the damn thing. I'm taking the Jaguars in this one. Going with the bias. Going yes, with the Jaguars. Falcons at Titans. Bias plus 3.2 favors Titans. Tighten up? Is it time to tighten up here? They want to give Derrick Henry. What's going on with Derrick Henry, man? They talking about trading Derrick Henry? How you talking about trading the king? King Henry ain't looking so great. He he just he's not the same. He's not. Have you seen him on angry runs? No, no, I haven't. No, you haven't. I mean, what's angry runs without? A couple of Derrick Henry highlights, you know. Got a point. That's like, that's like, where was Beast Mode this week? You know? <laughs> Just not there. So uh, it's funny because I saw him in about three commercials. <laughs> oh yeah, we, oh we get plenty of him. Yeah. But anyway, Titans are home. Falcons got to go in there. So Atlanta got a big division win on the road in Tampa Bay. Ugh, crazy. Quarterback Desmond Ritter killed three drives with three lost fumbles. How the heck they won this game is just crazy. Uh, Not only did he lose three fumbles and lose and kill drives, he lost the fumbles deep in Buccaneers territory. Like they were driving to score. And he fumbled the ball, either on sacks or runs. Now, to top that, the Falcons had nine penalties for 60 yards, 
Most of them were on defense. Six of them resulted in first downs for Tampa Bay. How did they win this game? Ritter pulled himself together enough with 45 seconds left in regulation to drive the offense close enough for field goal kicker Young Wei Koo to kick a game-winning 51-yarder. Boom, that's how they did it. They just stayed close enough, Tampa Bay. And I think when I talked about Tampa Bay, I talked about all the mistakes and all the penalties that they had. So in a very sloppy game, somehow, some way, Atlanta came through. Uh, Titans are coming off the bye, but ah, I don't know. They'll be rested. Oh, I do know. I'm going to take Atlanta in this game. I'm going to tell you why. Titans are home. They're coming off the bye. But I heard today, unless something changes, Will Levis is scheduled to start this game. Really? Yes. You know, tired of Tannehill or is he uh, beat up? I, I can't remember him getting hurt. He could be hurt. I have to take a double check that. But uh, okay, yeah, Will, Will Levis is getting a little fly, eh? Yep, not Willis Levis. Levis, yeah, yeah. Either way, I'm going to go with the Falcons to clean up some mistakes and take that game on the road. Going against the bias. I'm going against the bias. Going with the Falcons. All right. Okay, Eagles at Commanders. This was uh, you know, the first time that they played. Commanders gave them all they could handle. Bias plus score of 12.7, however, favors the Eagles. And the Commanders, they don't know if they want to fire their coach, trade their DNs, or what they want to do over there. There's so much. <laughs> yeah, they haven't given anybody else any trouble since they gave the Eagles trouble. <laughs> yeah. So the Eagles took out the former number one offense in the league, defeating the Miami Dolphins 31-17. Huge win for them. Big side relief for Eagles fans here in Philadelphia. The defense stepped up big, keeping the Dolphins running game completely under control and never allowing Tua and the passing game to get completely in sync. The Philly offense was balanced with 99 yards on the ground, and big, big games by A.J. Brown and Dallas Goddard, who both scored touchdowns. As far as the uh, – I was about to call them something else. The commanders are concerned. Riverboat Ron, his seat is beginning to heat up. I, I don't know why he's not beginning to heat up. It's been heating up, and it's getting pretty doggone hot. They looked pretty bad against the Giants last weekend. They lost to the Giants 14-7. Quarterback Sam Howell got sacked six times. He got hit 12 times. He wasn't able to throw for any scores, but he did throw an interception, and the defense gave up 356 total yards to my New York Giants. <laughs> 356 yards, Giants. Yes. Forget about it, man. The Eagles are going to make mince meat of these boys. <laughs> going with the bias. Going with the Eagles. What did you think about that uh, finish last night in baseball real quick? Bro, 
So Desiree is, is my daughter is a, is a big Phillies fan. She likes the Phillies. She's friends with uh, some people at work that love the Phillies. So she's been following them. She was very upset. I was a little upset because I really expected them to advance to the World Series. After last year, I thought this year, not only would they advance, but they would be favored to win. I don't know what the heck happened last night. I really don't. They didn't bring the bats, man. The stars, Harper, Schwarber, Castellanos, did nothing. All right. That's, that's basically it. Yeah, there was no joy in Mudville, that's for sure. Mm. No joy in Mudville. I see people leaving early. I turned it off and went to bed. Oh, I'm telling you, gee, Christmas. All right, going with the bias, going with the Eagles. Browns at Seahawks. This has some intrigue to me, Benny. Browns really? Seahawks. Bias plus score of 5.9 favors the Seahawks. Mm. I mean, the Seahawks are like a contender in the division. The Browns already beat my Niners. So now they're going into Seattle to see what they can do with them. Miles Garrett is just beastly ridiculous. <laughs> um, you know, uh, we don't have to worry about Deshaun. Or, oh, Deshaun's not playing, is he? Deshaun Watson? Bro. I don't think so. Whatever's going on with him, he's got mystery issues. Uh, so I don't think it's going to be him. There's some weird stuff going on in Cleveland, bro. <laughs> right now, there's a whole bunch of weird stuff going on in Cleveland, but somehow they pulled out the victory in Indianapolis last weekend, 39-38. And I kind of spoke of that when I talked about the Colts. Now, the very stingy Browns defense showed some chinks in their armor. They gave up 305 yards through the air and 168 yards on the ground to the Colts and two touchdowns each. Um, oh, yeah, two touchdowns on the ground, two touchdowns through the air, 38 points. That's not good for Brown's defense that looked like they were really cooking and really holding up this team. But we got to talk about Miles Garrett real quick. Boy, did he have a day. He had nine tackles total. Seven solo tackles, two sacks, two quarterback hits, one pass defense. This guy's a pass rusher. <laughs> defense the pass, one tackle for loss, and he blocked a field goal where he very athletically jumped over the entire line without touching anybody and blocked the field goal. An amazing athletic feat. You had to see it. If you didn't see it, go to YouTube and look it up. Awesome. Who awesome. Wasn't the Seattle that did it before? Yeah, it's been done before. Yeah, but, I mean, Seattle. every time it's done, when you see the guy do it, it's like, yo, are you kidding me? This is from big people that he's jumping on. I mean, I know that yes. he's no position. And he ain't no little guy either. No, he's not. He's crazy. Like, like the Incredible Hulk, just jumping over people, blocking shots. And crazy. crazy. And the thing is, 
it, you get penalized if you touch anybody when you jump over. If you use somebody for leverage, you know what I'm saying, to help vault you over, that's a penalty. Yeah. He jumped over clean. It's crazy. Crazy. But anyway, here comes the weirdness. Deshaun Watson started the game at quarterback after saying he had no timetable on his injured shoulder when he was asked about it during the week. Yet, you playing this week? I don't know. Are you still injured? I'm not sure. I haven't been clear. I don't have a timetable. My shoulders, I don't know. Then all of a sudden, he shows up, and he's ready to go. Then he takes a shot in the first quarter, hits his head on the ground, goes to the blue tent, passes the concussion protocols, but was still held out of the game by Kevin Stefanski, the head coach, uh, coach's decision. Just decided, I'm not putting you back in. Enter our guy, P.J. Walker. P.J. Temple, baby. Temple. P.J. Walker. He wasn't spectacular, but he didn't have to be with the Browns running game looking strong. Uh, let me see. 74 yards and a touchdown for Jerome Ford. 10 carries for 31 yards and two touchdowns by Kareem Hunt, who I know they're very happy about bringing back because, you know, they have released him. Yeah, I don't know why they released him in the first place. I, I don't either, but they released him. Nobody picked him up. They brought him back. He's paying dividends. Uh, it needs to be noted that uh, the final touchdown came after a couple of questionable calls against the Colts, in case I didn't mention this with the Colts game. Um, 47 seconds left in regulation. Walker, P.J. Walker was sacked, and he fumbled. But the fumble was recovered by the Colts, which should have basically ended the game. But the Browns got the ball back because of an illegal contact call. So downfield, a defender supposedly contacted a receiver illegally. Um, I guess he touched him and pushed him after five yards. That put the ball on the Colts' eight-yard line, gave it back to the Browns on first and goal. The Colts get called for pass interference in the end zone, which gives the ball again to the Browns with a fresh set of downs on the one-yard line. Sorry. After three incomplete passes, Kareem Hunt finally runs the ball in on fourth down, gets the touchdown. They go for the two-point conversion. They don't get it. The Colts have time to come back, but they fumble on their final drive. That's how the Browns got that win. Way more of a struggle probably than it should have been for a team that showed as much defensive prowess as they have in the last couple of weeks. Uh, that's kind of a reason why I like the Colts this week. But anyway, um, they got to go to Seattle. Seattle hosted and handled division rival Arizona 20 to 10. Uh, Gino wasn't spectacular, but he was solid. He threw TD passes to two rookie wideouts. 
I'm trying to remember. Lockett played, but I think DG, DK Metcalf was out with an injury. Uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba caught a touchdown. Jake Bobo caught a touchdown. Kenneth Walker rushed for 105 yards on 26 really strong carries. And the defense was also very solid. They had four sacks, eight quarterback hits, seven tackles for loss, and eight passes defensed. Ah, I got a lot of questions in my mind about the Cleveland Browns, bro. This is a tough one. Talk about an intriguing game. I'm going to go with the Seahawks on this one. I'm going to stick with the bias. I'm going to go with the Seahawks. Small bias, 5.9 favoring the Seahawks. Should mm-hmm. be a good game. And, and again, this, this is a potential intriguing game for me, potentially. So no doubt about it. Okay. Cool. Yeah, the Browns just got so much going on. Yeah, no, I know, I know. Amari Cooper didn't. Listen, Desiree had Amari Cooper on her fantasy team. This guy didn't catch a pass, I don't think, until like the fourth quarter. It was crazy. It was crazy. Yeah. Mark Cooper's a man, too. Okie dokie. Ravens at Cardinals. Bias plus score of 16.5 favors the Ravens. Then I'm beginning to suspect that the teams that have quarterbacks who can force you to play 11 on 11 are leading Super Bowl contending teams. Man, you 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 get on my nerves sometimes. You well, really the Cardinals do. are not included in that group. I'm looking at the Ravens. I'm looking at the at the Chiefs right uh, now. You know they can force you to play eleven on eleven. Mm-hmm. It, just, it, it just adds something to that game. Right now, Lamar is looking marvelous. Uh, boy, oh boy, you, 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 you really, you really, you got to go back and look at some of our old videos, man. Listen to yourself sometimes, because I don't, I don't have the greatest memory in the world, but I remember specific things. We talked about the Ravens. We talked about the new OC. We talked about this new offense that he had and how I thought it looked like it was kind of coming into shape. I could see the differences, but it wasn't quite where it was supposed to be. And the first thing you said was Lamar Jackson's running too much. Well, he ain't running too much now. There was a specific game where I told you I watched the game and he wasn't just running to be running. They had some specific run calls for him and he ran out to get away from pressure a couple of times. Now, first things first, Cardinals are going to be at home in this game. They methodically got their butts kicked by the Seahawks last week. So we're not even going to talk about it. How do you methodically get your butt kicked? (laughs) Slowly and painfully. Slowly and painfully. Now, the Ravens would have been hard-pressed to look any better than they did against a really, really good Detroit team. 
not only did they look great, but they looked great against a team that everybody was saying, ooh, the Lions, ooh. Lions could be the number one team in the NFC. That's what they were saying. They completely overwhelmed the Lions with their new offense, which I said after week five when they lost to Pittsburgh and again after week six when they beat Tennessee, that it seemed like that offense was coming into shape. I could see it. I could see it. Even in the loss to Pittsburgh, I could see it. It all came together last weekend in Baltimore. Jamar looked like MVP Jamar. Super efficient. 21 of 27. You can't be much better than that. 357 yards. Three touchdowns. Nine rushes. Yeah, they still need him to run. 11 on 11 still works. Nine rushes for an additional eh, little 36 yards, but another touchdown on the ground. Take the Ravens, man. They are hot. They're going to go into Arizona. They're going to they're going to rip these cats to shreds, man. They showed the highlight of his run for his touchdown. And uh, who's his left tackle? Just came back from big injury. Brown? Orlando Brown? No. No? I no. can't think. Um, it'll come to me in a minute. Whoever it was, I think it was a left tackle that was blocking for him. Blocked that poor, I think it was a, a D-back, out of bounds and into the dirt. <laughs> uh. He was on the pancake blocks thing just today with um, – uh, on one of the shows where they talk about pancake blocks, and you just see, well, I think Lamar had already scored and, and was already turning around and dancing, and he was still driving the guy into the crowd. Uh, boy, film session is not going to be fun for him this week. I'm telling you, I'm telling you. So, I, I I can see what you're talking about. The Ravens look good right now, and and Lamar's throwing the ball so nicely. It's it's amazing. So, okay. Glad to see it. So we talked about the other team, the other that could, uh, that had a, a quarterback that could make you play 11 on 11. Uh, and I'm not talking about the Broncos. That, that was, I think those days have kind of passed, even though I, I have seen Russell Wilson take off a few times this season recently. But the Chiefs at the Broncos, bias plus score 13.4, favors the Chiefs. No big surprise there, but you got. Uh, well, last weekend the Chiefs handled the Chargers at home. No big deal. Uh, not a whole lot to report there. Um, Mahomes was really feeling it. Completed 32 of 42, 424 yards, four touchdowns. Vintage Patrick Mahomes. Uh, I've talked about the issues that Chiefs have had with their receiving core, the receiving core not being settled, having a lot of youth, uh, trying to fit Sky Moore, Kadarius Tony in there, blah, blah, blah. But does it really matter when Mahomes throws the ball to 11 different people? 11? 11 different receivers got targets. Wow. 10 of those 11 caught balls. 
that must be like uh, uh, um, Coach Reed's like ultimate dream. <laughs> Eleven guys catch the ball like that. It's crazy. Don't know who to cover. And, and here's the problem: you got all those guys, and still nobody's figured out how to cover Travis Kelsey. And nope, not at all. Twelve catches, one hundred and seventy-nine yards, and a touchdown. What the heck? Are you kidding me? 12 for 179 and a touchdown. They can't do nothing with this guy. Unbelievable. Denver's famous for second half meltdowns. They almost had another second half meltdown. Luckily for them, their safety, PJ Locke, got an interception and they were able to pull out their second win. But these guys are, are are living on on bubble gum and spit right now. Chiefs are going to come into Denver. It's going to be ugly. I guess I don't know if the fans are going to sell their tickets. I don't know, but I have to watch the game to see how much red is in the stands. But uh, yeah, take the Chiefs. Mm. <laughs> uh, I was wondering if you were going to get around to that. Go yeah. Bias going with the Chiefs. Okay. Last week was spooky enough with the way it went down between the Niners and the Vikings. Now you got this Bengals team that just doesn't look, didn't look great out the box. Joe, I think, is feeling way better now. The this Vikings one is going to be spooky. The 18 is favoring my Niners, but from what I understand, Purdy has a concussion. He's in the protocol. So Sam Darnold is going to be leading the charge, I think, unless they got somebody else that I'm not aware of. Bengals at 49ers, bias plus score of 18 favors the Niners. And oh, by the way, I think CMC, and I'm not sure about Debo, are also still out. I know um, Kills was nicked up a little bit. And uh, all that conversation we had about depth, we're going to see what kind of depth we have this week for sure. What do you got? Well, so there's this expression. They even had a movie about it, which one of my favorite sports movies, Any Given Sunday. Now, I can't lie. <laughs> This game caught me by surprise. Not that the Niners lost, but it was the way that they lost. Now, I will say that it was discovered on the flight back to San Fran that Brock Purdy was suffering a concussion or, or suffering from concussion symptoms, I believe is the way that they put it. That may have had something to do with at least the last interception that he threw. Yeah. Now. I didn't know who he was throwing that ball to. Exactly. I don't think he did either. <laughs> now, that, that being said, throughout the game, Purdy in the Niners offense was far less impressive than Kirk Cousins in the Vikings offense. For some reason, the Niners didn't seem to want to lean on their run game, which I thought was still viable, Although the Vikings were tackling really well, so they didn't they didn't let off any real long runs, you know what I mean? But 
but the Niners were still moving the ball on the ground. Um, defensively, they had six quarterback hits, but they had no sacks on Kirk Cousins. I'll tell you right now, that's asking for trouble. Yeah, yeah. Okay? And trouble is exactly what they got. Now, the Bengals are coming off the bye. They're well-rested. Uh, I saw an interview with Joe Burrow today. They asked him, what do you do during the week off? He said, absolutely nothing. I sat on the couch. I ate. I watched television. And I hit the gym and did some lifting. He said, I feel good. I'm 100%. Ruh, ruh, ruh. <laughs> this was scary. I don't <laughs> I, I, uh, I'm, I'm, let me ask you a question. I got a question for you on this one. Did you watch the Niners game? The Niners-Minnesota game? Yeah. Absolutely. Did you watch the Manning cast? No, I didn't see the Manning cast. Bro, you got to start watching the Manning cast. <laughs> Not only are they funny, but they give you some insight that you don't get on the regular broadcast. They give you all kinds of quarterback speak. They give you all kinds of uh, interesting information about play selection, formations, what defenses are trying to do, how offenses can, can counter what the defenses are trying to do. They tell you a lot of stuff. And what they said and what played out in this game was they said that uh, the Vikings had a list of plays that they wanted to run when Bosa was not on the field. Bosa didn't do a whole bunch. Well, again, they had scripted. No, no, you're missing what I'm saying. They scripted plays for when he left the field. That's interesting. When he wasn't on the field, they took shots, and it was working almost every single time. And they were calling it before it happened. Wow. They were like, where's Bosa? Oh, he's on the sidelines. Helmet's off. Watch this. They're going downfield. Boom, they did it. Okay. All right. Over over and over again. Interesting. Yes, very interesting. Coaching, offensive coordinator versus defensive coordinator. Offensive coordinator wins that, eh? Yes, sir. Wow. And guess what? Because of that, and because I believe Zach Taylor is no fool, I'm going to take the Bengals in this game. Going with the Bengals. Figuring they'll do the same thing, eh? Something similar. Going against the bias. All righty, Benny. Let's see here. Hold on a second. That was 445. The next game, Benny. The very next game is the Sunday night special. Bears at Chargers. Bias plus score 7.3 favors the Chargers. Oh, God. Oh, my goodness. But Benny. But Benny. Hold on a second. <laughs> I had, we had a little bit of fun well, for Mr. Badgett. 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 We had a little <laughs> bit of fun. 
And I always say I, I take credit when when I have fun over on the quarterback, and then he comes out and completely demolishes <laughs> all my fun. Benjamin had himself a time, man. He's running around no, talking about, yeah, come on, give me some more, give me some. <laughs> He's a pretty cool guy. They showed um, the post game uh, locker room when he got his game ball, right. Yeah, he, you can tell he's been around a lot of black guys. <laughs> you just let me just—I'll leave it like that. You can. Even tell. Justin Fields was standing up behind him, clapping and and and, and you know, and celebrating with him. Man, he had a great time. Yeah. And I mentioned his dad, uh, who was a professional arm wrestler. Arm wrestler, yes. And it's hilarious. He is absolutely hilarious. He said, he said he was wrestling one of the guys from um, the NFL channel, right? And they put his arms up, right? And he says to the guy, he says, you ever done this before? And he says, no. He said, good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he was hilarious. I really liked him. Yeah, I liked him. He, he is an entertainer, no doubt about it. So I can kind of see where his son comes from. If one I understand, coming out of Division Two. He won the Division Two version of the Heisman? Yes. Okay, all right. Go ahead and tell us about these uh, Bears. So it, 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 was the Bear, it was the Raiders that they played. But a free agent rookie backup quarterback from a Division Two school led the Chicago Bears to a victory in front of their home crowd. That had to make the people in Chicago feel really, really good. I'm telling you. Tyson Bajent. Bajent, Bajent, I'm not 100% sure. I'm calling him Bajent. Said that he was actually nervous all week long, but he was fine after he took his first snap. He looked cool as a cucumber, and he led the Bears' offense on three scoring drives. Two touchdowns scored on the ground by Deontay Foreman, who had a big game in place of the uh, starting running back. Rashawn Johnson, uh, I haven't said anything about fantasy, but anybody that picked up Deontay Foreman uh, last week in fantasy probably won their fantasy game. He had a huge game. Uh, the Chargers have had too much talent to be losing the way that they are. I've been calling for Brendan Staley's head since last season, but it hasn't happened yet. Uh, they got the doors blown off by the Chiefs. This can't go on much longer. The Chargers, talent-wise, are way better than they're showing. I got to blame Staley. And the crazy thing is they spent a whole ton of money on their defense. Brandon Staley is supposed to be a defensive specialist, and these cats are getting cooked. So uh, I'm going to pick the Bears to go into L.A. in the SoFi and beat the Chargers and Brandon Staley to be fired before the season is over. I'm not going to say this week, but he ain't going to make it through the season. Yeah, I'm hearing I'm hearing that from uh, other commentators also. So you're going against the Bias, going with the Bears. Yes. Badgent. Yes. Well. He's not as much fun to say as Puka Nakua, but he's pretty much fun. fun. <laughs> All right, Benny. 
Monday night. Monday night, the Raiders at the Lions. The Lions get a chance to redeem themselves by a plus score of 17.1. Favors those Lions. Now they're playing again. Now, wait a minute. The Raiders brought back, what was it uh, Hoyer? Brian Hoyer started, yeah. Oh, my. In goodness. place of the rookie. Uh, I don't know what they're going to do this week. I don't know if they're going to try to start the rookie uh, on the road against a team like the Lions or if they'll stick with Hoyer. But um, both teams got handled last week. But I expect the Lions to bounce back really strong at home. And I expect the Raiders to just get bounced. So take the Lions. This one should be a blowout. It's going to be really, really ugly for the Raiders. All right. Well, that's an easy one. Going with the Lions. Going with the bias. Bears are on. Are you not giving any prediction for their coach being fired? The Raiders? Before. <laughs> the Raiders? Yeah. Eh, I mean. Well, he lost his starting quarterback, Garoppolo, but Garoppolo wasn't doing yeah. anything. Big. Yeah, he's had issues. I think he's had enough uh, things going on that they can't really pin it on him. So, all right, all right. So, Ben, didn't they win last week? Say that again. I was saying, didn't they win last week? The oh, no, they no, they lost to the Bears. <laughs> right, imagine. Yeah, who? Yeah, I, I I don't know. I can't speak on him. I, I don't. <laughs> I wouldn't keep him if it was me. But all right. Well, Tom Brady's a part owner of the Raiders, so we'll see. When I look at the calendar, we record next Wednesday, which is November first, which means October thirty first, which is Halloween. Is the is that Tuesday? So this will be what takes us through Halloween, Benny. And you know what happens at the end of the Bias Plus report? We have the Bias Buster of the Week. The Bias Plus Buster of the Week. Congratulations to the New England Patriots. Okay, good job. Um, Bill Belichick gets his 300th win. There's only two other head coaches that have 300-plus wins. That's right. That's right. So, and Tom Shula, it's Tom Shula and uh, George House. George House, we really going back, eh? Yeah. Peace. So, congratulations to the New England Patriots. Bias plus Buster of the Week. How they got past the Bills, I don't know. But they yeah. So. That was an amazing win, amazing win. And that's what you, when you say any given Sunday, that's right. an example of it right there. Right. Sure. Mac Jones had a great game. No mistakes. Defense was solid. And the, the Bills are just, the Bills are the Bills. They're the team that I gave up on at the AFC. 
That's <laughs> all. The team that I gave up on. <laughs> that's all I can say. I feel bad for Stefan Diggs. Yeah, well, Stefan's playing pretty decent, but you know, he's not. Then I get well, it's because he's a star it's player. Not doing pretty well, like we said, Benny. What are they? Second, third in scoring, third, fourth yeah. in defense. So they still, yeah. Good. Oh, it's not like they're terrible. Yeah, I'm just saying It'll their be, window is closing. It'll be all right. That's yep. the problem. All right, that wraps up the Bias Plus report. And we're going to finish up the last portion of the show with our social media page on Facebook, Ben and Barry on football. All right, Benny, so let's go through our Facebook page, Ben and Barry on football on Facebook. We're going to do a quick congrats to Dante Hall. For making it into the Chiefs Hall of Fame. What was that they used to call him? Human joystick. A human joystick, that's right. <laughs> I'm telling you, when he when when you punt it, it was one of those things, don't punt the ball to <laughs> Dante Hall, okay? You can do that, you'll be all right. All right. So Benny, how did the media not pick up that Coach Bill Belichick got a lucrative multi-year contract in the offseason. How did he slip that by all of these guys? <laughs> That's just the kind of guy he is, man. Oh, my goodness. He made sure that that didn't get leaked. Oh, man. Talk about uh, 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 state secrets. Gee, Chris. It's funny that now that we know that, that kind of puts a kibosh on all the talk about are they going to fire Bill Belichick? What's his relationship with Kraft? Does he make it through the season? How many more years are they going to stick with him? Blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? They're at least going to give him time to try to get this thing going again. Okay, okay. All right, let's talk about Chris Olave real quick. Rested for a reckless operation of a motor vehicle while driving 35 miles per hour over the speed limits. I didn't hear about this. Yeah, he's a little too valuable to be acting uh, recklessly, man. They need Chris Olave. Gee, Christmas. So just thought I'd throw that out there. That's a Matt. Now, Miles Garrett. We talked about Miles Garrett. Run over, doesn't touch anybody perfectly. Oh. Gets his hands up oh. to play. That just doesn't make sense. It doesn't make Some things in life make doesn't sense. Make that sense. is not one of them. I tell you that for sure. Deshaun Watson likes it. Man, leap right over, doesn't touch anybody, perfectly legal, gets his hands up and makes a play. That just doesn't make sense. It doesn't make Some things in life make sense. That is not one of them. I tell you that for sure. So he jumps over the line. And then, in a fraction of a second, jumps again to block the kick. That's freaking amazing. Yes, that is. That is. 
That is a tremendous athletic feat. Like I said, I'm thinking he's like the little Hulk, man. You know, he can jump. <laughs> he's stronger than everybody else. Well, I think I think I put a, a, a post on Ben and Barry on football saying that he's got to be in the MVP conversation and without a doubt in the defensive player of the year conversation. Oh, no doubt. I agree with you 100%. All right, let me throw out here. NFL trade deadline is October 31st at 4 p.m., Benny. As a a fantasy guy, you're used to deadlines like this. Anything to say about the deadline coming up? Nah, we'll have to wait and see what happens. I mean, the Eagles already pulled the trigger on Julio Jones. Uh, They also brought in uh, Kevin Byard on defense. I thought as far it was as I'm, yeah, as far as I'm concerned, both of them guys are washed, but, you know. You think Byers washed? Yeah, he's washed. Okay, we shall see. These dudes, man, these dudes, these guys are done. This is – but you know what? The Eagles made moves like this last year. Yeah. yeah. Well, when, yeah. They, when they picked up AJ. <laughs> no, no, I'm not talking about that. That was before last year. I know. That was a real, that was a real, that was big. I'm talking about when they picked up like uh and Dominican Sue and that other right. fat dude. Yeah, them guys did nothing. That's mo- that's money they just gave away. Okay, Benny. So as we get ready to wrap it up, I saw this and I said I have to include this in the show. We have to at least talk about the Madden cover. <laughs> Somebody came up with it. <laughs> Who the hell did that? That's not that's funny, cool. man. That's, that's a bull. But you that's know, this, they're actually starting to talk about whether Kelsey has been playing better when she's at the games or not. So, no. so far, statistically, it's looking like he is. <laughs> no. No. I don't even want to do that to him. Okay? This is like what they're trying to do is do like the reverse Kardashian. <laughs> the reverse. Okay. So every player that mess with a Kardashian, their their career tanks. Their career tanks, I know. Right. So now <laughs> she's like the anti-Kardashian, and he's playing well. No. <laughs> he, he is who he is, and he would be doing what he's doing. The sad thing about this whole thing with Taylor Swift is Patrick Mahomes' corny ass wife uh, now all of a sudden <laughs> is a celebrity because she hangs out with Taylor Swift up in the box. And Nobody cared about Patrick Mahomes' wife. Nobody. They don't even go to her where well, they hadn't been. Going to her in the box when he threw a miraculous pass or scored a touchdown or got hurt or came back from being injured. Nobody cared. Now, all of a sudden, she's sitting beside Taylor Swift getting all this time, all this air time. Get out of here. Hey, Betty. She's a super duper. That that woman is. Sells out entire arenas. No, Taylor Swift does. Yeah, absolutely. I don't have a problem with Taylor Swift. 
She is who she is. I have a problem with Mahomes' wife trying to get some residual off of it. Um, hey, look, you can't if you're standing next to her, you can't help but get some residual. You just got to be in the room. They got all types of people now that are all of a sudden getting looks. Oh no, no, but they're best the buds. All of a sudden, they're best buds. Why not? Why not? No, uh, the first couple games, she was nowhere around. She being Mahomes' wife, Brittany. Brittany. Brittany wasn't around. It was Taylor Swift, the black dude, and the black chick, her girlfriend. They were all together for the first two times, the first two games. Then all of a sudden, now Brittany Mahomes is her best friend. Give me a break. I quit hating, quit hating. <laughs> I'm not hating, bro. He's, he's... I'm not a Swifty, but I think it's hilarious. And again, celebrities on the sideline, we've seen the impact of celebrities on the sideline from hammers on the side of, was it? Was it oh, that? yeah, sure. And all of that. So they, they, it's always just adds a little fun, a little spark, something more to talk about. And But Swift, Swift is so big. She does tend to bring out the haters who are like, oh. I have no problem with Taylor Swift. All right. Zero. Are you a Swifty? No. He don't even know what a Swifty is. Like, I know what a Swifty is. Okay. I'm not a Swifty. <laughs> not a Swifty. <laughs> I have no problem with Taylor Swift. Jason Kelsey can go out with whoever he wants to. If that's his girl and they're really seeing each other and she comes to the games and they want to put the camera on her. I'm good. But this the fake ass Brittany Mahomes. That's my problem. And if you watch the documentary, quarterbacks, you'll see what I'm talking about. All right. Go back and watch the documentary. Let's see what Ben's talking about. All right, Benny, I'm ready to wrap this puppy up, man. You got any last words? No, nah, bro. I'm done. I'm done too. Peace out. Benny on football. See y'all next week. <laughs>